Welcome back to Holistic Healing Space. This is episode eight and I'm your host, Holly. Today, I have a really special guest for you, the amazing Andy Liu. She's a leading expert wellness presenter with a certified coaching qualification and she's also a best-selling author. She's a regular on both US and Australian TV shows and we welcome her to Holistic Healing Space. Hello, Andy. Thank you so much for taking the time today. I'm so excited to chat with you. Me too, Holly. I'm so pleased that we're connecting because, you know, the last time we saw each other, I was in Melbourne and I've moved to Sydney now and you're still all about holistic healing. And I think in these times now, we're even more about it. So anyone that ever wanted to know about, you know, how to be a better version of themselves on every level, (laughs) now we're just in a element, aren't we? Very much so. Yes. I mean, I want to know all about you and like how you've actually, you know, adapted in sort of the Melbourne environment. Well, that's an interesting question. <laughs> um, I guess in Melbourne, it's it's very interesting at the moment with what's going on. But I guess similar to you with holistic healing, I'm all about, you know, healing on that deep level, mind, body, soul and spirit. I take, I guess, more an emotional energetic approach whereas with you you're kind of how would you describe what you're doing it's this, it's, it's an interesting thing I mean when you talk about holism there's no and wellness there's no ceiling as to how well you can be there's so many different layers Love that. and it's everything is wellness everything and so at the end of the day when I'm a wellness coach and I'm coaching someone in that modality yeah. the person that I'm coaching decides for themselves what's going to make them feel more well yeah. Very empowering to listen to a person, ask them the right questions and help help them to figure out for themselves what it is that they feel is going to make them feel more well. Because yeah. it's always going to be a myriad of things. It's never one thing. Yeah. You know, it's so important to understand that, I mean, from a triage perspective, perhaps if someone's in an acute way, then yes, there might be a need to send them off to a certain professional. But as a wellness coach, Generally, that person is doing the work in realizing self-actualization and realizing what's going to make them happy and what's going to make them feel well. You know, I coached somebody who wanted to lose weight, but we didn't talk about weight at all. We talked about the stresses of his business. And for some reason, from a triage perspective, that was important to him. And then all of a sudden he lost three kilos in two weeks. And he said to me, wow, this wellness shit really works. (laughs) So that's amazing. Yeah, we didn't even focus on food. So it's all about, I guess, how happy and well and balanced someone's also feeling that can play a huge impact on their hormonal health and their nervous system health and then that how that snowball affects into their sleep, um, into yeah. their digestion. It's all connected, which is so funny because if you think about it, when I say it's all connected, that's the title of my new book or my eighth book. Love it. Eighth so, book. Yeah. And I mean, every time I write one, I think I'm never going to write one ever again. And then I release it. And then I think, oh, now I've got an idea for another one. But you ask what I do and it's to help people live a better quality of life naturally. Yeah. And for me, I've always been vehemently opposed to drugs ever since, you know, I was a little girl. I remember my father trying to force feed cough medicine into my mouth, the pink gooey stuff. And, you know, it was a drug. And I remember like hallucinating after it and feeling awfully traumatized by that experience as a young, you know, six year old or whatever I was. Yeah. And I always knew that there had to be another way. There had to be a natural way because yeah. it always made me feel sort of out of my body in a way that wasn't, didn't make me feel safe. Yeah. And I like to feel 
connected to my body, you know, and connected to the root cause of what's really going on so that then we can address, you know, the cause, not just the symptom. So I take that approach in everything that I do. And so my latest book, Connected, A Paradigm Shift in How We View Health, is 320 pages of my life's work and purpose and passion Mm. about what holistic health really, really is. Because some people might think that they're healthy. They might think that they're fit or they're lean, but are they really well? Because a healthy body looks different on every single person. Yes. And then also, you know, Thomas Edison quote, my favourite quote, the doctor of the future will give no medicine. He will rather educate his patients in the care of the human frame, in diet and in the cause and prevention of disease. Now, when I look at the care of the human frame in that quote, I'm like, well, that's chiropractic, really. That's posture and how posture actually affects our whole mood. So I'm a massive advocate for, you know, having regular chiropractic care because the average person that has chiropractic or the average age of a person that has chiropractic care in Australia is 31. So by the time you're actually going to visit somebody like that to help you with your postural alignment, you've left it like so far gone. And then you wonder why you have to go and see them once a week or twice a week or whatever it is for the first part. Yeah. Well, with the chiro care, that's something that, um, I mean, it really helps bring your nervous system back into alignment, doesn't it? And, you know, and I guess you would know this more than me. You actually referred me to a great chiro in Port Melbourne who's unfortunately left now. But it's what you do outside of the actual appointment too, isn't it? It's really understanding that you can get adjusted, but it's what you're actually doing, like you mentioned, with the alignment, with your lifestyle, your diet, your happiness, all those things that really connect you. So I referred you to a chiropractor and you used the term adjustment. So that term means, you know, so a chiropractic adjustment is about the intention towards correction. A lot of people think they're having chiropractic care or that they've tried it but they've probably just been to a manipulative therapist or even a physiotherapist does great muscular work but you're not getting adjusted by a physiotherapist you're having a manipulation because it's a random movement of joints and their training is only six month uh, manipulation in their degree whereas chiropractors train for six five to six years at university level and it's a double science Mm -hmm. degree and they only learn about the nervous system so essentially what chiropractic is about is the intention of an adjustment is moving a person's spine and structure and pelvis and all the rest of it to a correct and healthier alignment so that it's now supporting and protecting our conductor of the orchestra, which is the nervous system. Yeah. So, you know, have the brain that is protected by the skull. We have the bones of the spine that's protected or protecting the spinal cord and the nerves and the nerves send signals to every cell tissue and organ in the body. And it's through our nervous system, which is the brain, the spinal cord and the nerves that branch off that, that we perceive the world, adapt to stress and coordinate all of our bodily functions. So really, as I said, it's the master controller and the conductor of the orchestra. So without having a great working nervous system, it's going to be very difficult for you to function at your optimum. Yeah, that's such a great explanation. I love that. And the, the nervous system is so important, isn't it? I mean, how, what's your take on that at the moment? I guess it's pretty common, I find, for people's nervous systems to be pretty out of whack in today's society. Well, there are three stressors that actually impact on one's nervous system. Actually, yep. now there's four, but I'll take you through the first top three, which are obvious. Yeah, They're physical stressors, which are the bumps and falls, the sedentary posture, because we're spending up to eight hours or more in front of technology now. We're not designed to be sedentary. We've got car accidents. We've got, you know, even the birthing process itself. There's so many obvious physical stressors that can impact on our spine and our nervous system. But then yeah. there's also emotional causes, 
which is actually the most, the worst. Like as soon as we have a stressful day, what's the first thing that happens is our shoulders rise up and, you know, we get into that fight or flight posture. Even when you're having an argument with someone, the first thing you do is jut your neck forward as you're screaming, you know, your neck's going forward. And that's the fight or fight posture. There's less blood in the brain, literally, and it's all in our extremities with that excess adrenaline, that stress hormone that's being released in that cortisol. And that's because we're meant to, in that fight or flight state, run away or wrestle the lion to the ground you know and we're not doing that in our stressful sedentary time so all this cortisol and and stress hormones like adrenaline it's all building up in our body and so what's happening is unless we're actually moving well eating well thinking well and having chiropractic care to remove those stressors then it builds up and by the time we do have something that's i guess a little bit stressful in our life, we perceive it to be so much greater than it is. So that's why having regular checkups can help you adapt to the stress because we can't change it, but we can physiologically adapt. And sometimes even though we're trying to be positive, if the structure is just out of alignment and we've got pressure on nerves literally, then you just can't think in that positive way. The two stressors, we've got physical, we've got emotional, but then we've got chemical stressors. Yep. So all of your pesticides, all of the toxic stuff in our makeups and personal hygiene products, yes. you know, we've got SLS, which is sodium lauryl sulfate. Why do they put it in brackets in SLS? Because they don't want you to know what it really is because if you looked yep. it up, then you would realise it was a carcinogen, which yep. is a cancer-causing chemical, you know, and propyl paraben. But you're seeing now more and more because we're in this wellness revolution, if you like, which is a trillion-dollar industry right now, that we're, we're bringing out more and more carcinogen-free product, which wow. is so exciting because yep. all of these do impact on our health, and I write about that in the book. But, Holly, do you know what the fourth stressor might be? So we've got physical, chemical, and emotional. Keep me with it, Andy. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's environmental. Oh, environmental. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So in the past, you know, we would talk about pollution and how that environmental toxic stressor might impact on our overall health and wellness. Yeah. But now we've also been dumped with radiation pollution too. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's bittersweet because it's enabling you and I to sort of talk and meet and connect and reach more people like this. But at the same time, we are constantly being surrounded by this electromagnetic field at such a high rate. And they're talking about 6G now. So it's like, how do we sort of get away from it? At the moment, we can't unless we wonder where the Wi-Fi is weak. Um, But it has been known to play impact on some people, especially people who have chronic fatigue syndrome and, you know, other sorts of illnesses. They're feeling very sensitive. It's called electromagnetic hypersensitivity. And, you know, and so what we can do is we can negate some of the effects by getting back to nature, getting more connected to nature. So it's so important to switch off tech, but not only switch off tech, but actually go and touch nature, feel it, earth, you know, ground yourself in the sea and in the soil and all of those things. Yeah. Thanks, Andy. That's so important and it's so crucial, isn't it, that we actually take into account all these stressors and keep ourselves healthy in a world that, like you said, like it's great we can speak over this on Zoom and things, but just knowing that, you know, we need to connect back. And I love how you said about connecting to nature but also to our body and really, you know, having that deep connection. And I guess, I mean, in my past I wasn't and through yoga and meditation that helped me. Can you tell us maybe a bit more about or what you would recommend for someone who's not really maybe really in touch with their body? Well, what I love about you and what I've noticed is that you love to dance. I do. And so 
Yeah, and through that it brings others so much joy to watch. But we're also being joyful because we're watching you enjoy yourself. I mean, anyone who's actually doing something that they love is, yes. is so healing. It's healing for them and it's healing for you because what it means is we're in alignment with our true self. Love it. So mm-hmm. when people ask me, Andy, what's the best exercise to do, for example, because I'm, you know, a food lifestyle and wellness coach. So what if I want to move more and I need to exercise and I know I need to train, what's the best exercise that you recommend? And I always say it's the one you love. Love that. Because, yeah, it's going to be something that you'll do with ease. So if it's surfing or it's dancing or, you know, it could be climbing trees or hugging trees. I don't know. Do you know? But you know. The thing is you know and that's what we need to do more of, the thing that you love, as long as you're moving. It's quite simple, isn't it? But it's interesting how we forget that joy, how important joy is in so many different facets of our life, connecting with that. I actually read the other day 70% of us actually live in stress mode or survival mode. I thought that was quite high and relates a lot to what you're talking about in terms of the stressors and how to keep our nervous system balanced. But yeah, as you said, there's the technology and emotional stuff too and environment. So it's actually, it's a bit of a jigsaw, isn't it? To keep ourselves in alignment, like you said. So call it a jigsaw or call it a crusade. I think it's really important to remember that this is our life journey and to constantly be in love with the journey. And it's not like we need to reach to an end point where I'm at like my ideal weight or my ideal happiness or my ideal relationship. It's about enjoying the journey and the ebbs and flows of learning a bit more about ourselves by trying new things, by meeting new people, by diving into a new relationship and not sort of beating yourself up anymore to go, well, this didn't work because there's no right or wrong. There's only, you know, lessons that come from it and evolving love it learn every way don't you there's no there's no right or wrong i really completely resonate with that i think you're going to make the you're going to make the choices for the mistakes that you need to learn (laughs) and it can keep you stuck too if you're not wanting to if you stay in that comfort zone you miss out on so many amazing opportunities if you just stay where you are so it's yeah people feel it's safer not to fall in love or it's safer not to go and try a new activity or whatever but then what did you get out of it and you know that whole saying better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all I mean how many people just don't ever meet anyone ever you know in their whole life so every time I meet someone that might bring me a little bit of joy rather than sort of thinking too far ahead in the future where this is going to end up or will I get hurt I'm just like do you know what some people don't even get this you know, some people have just never been held or touched or kissed. You know, there are a lot of people that haven't ever experienced that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to talk about this because there are so many people who are so single right now and it's been really hard to be single during a lockdown. And then now that we're coming sort of out of it a little bit-ish, some are coming out, but I mean, not we're not all free yet until everybody's free, but it can be hard for people to navigate how to be social again. Like we've forgotten how to have eye contact. Yeah. Very you know, true. touch someone on the elbow and laugh when you're flirting because we're so used to keeping our distance and getting back into that can be quite daunting, but it's also so healthy to, you know, get back in touch and have that eye contact and everything that comes with it. So once again, as you say, just throwing yourself into it and yeah. 
giving it a go. Yeah. Anything that makes you feel good, hey, give it a go. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, whatever makes your soul happy. But, you know, laughing and eye contact and touching is incredibly immune boosting and it's releasing all of the feel-good hormones like the serotonin and the oxytocin. You know, people, I wrote a book about dating apps too called Hashtag Insta Lovers. Oh, okay. And, yeah. And it's just to remind people not only how to be safe and my favourite chapter is how to weed out the weirdos but it's it's also about remembering how healthy it is to flirt and just have an interaction with someone and that's that's important to bring joy and enjoy if it's not enjoyable then don't do it but if you feel like it then great and don't make that the be all and end all on how you meet somebody but kind of widen your variety of all the different connections and I always say don't think that just because you matched you're getting married you know it's just another person that you've met in a different way and technically you haven't met them yet so don't get too excited you know yeah yeah presence is pretty important isn't it? just staying in the moment which can be difficult sometimes I guess it's maybe a bit of our conditioning as well we're kind of almost sometimes taught to plan ahead and think far into the future but I mean I like what you said about just you know taking things you know in the moment being present (laughs) being present you know that's probably the thing that I've had to learn the most just recently is how to be present because I do have a racing mind and I'm like what else can I learn who else can I meet so that I can better serve others but it's so important to just keep recharging and refueling your own wellness cup so that you can do this forever otherwise yeah so I think meditation and sleep have been my greatest downfall everything else I've kind of got covered and we all have something that we know we want to make better so that was my that was my thing that I've been working on recently and it did help me to move by the sea like I live in Bondi Beach now um in Sydney and yeah it's just so easy to be present when you're staring at the ocean but for somebody else it might be you know the forest or their child or it can be when they paint or listen to music or make music like you'll always be able to find something that helps you to feel present which is the ultimate meditation really 100% beautiful what about you do you meditate or what keeps you present I meditate three times a day at the moment. It's something that now is just wow. a habit, so it helps me a lot. Um, and my dancing, and, and very similar to you, nature is a big part of my life and being near the ocean. It's um, so important, isn't it, to have a practice, you know, a spiritual practice or just a daily practice or something that brings you back to your centre. Yeah. And I think for anyone who's, like, having trouble doing that, then just mm-hmm. change up the environment like get out of that old environment I remember my chiropractor said to me just before I left Melbourne I wasn't thriving in Melbourne um, and he was like you know I can adjust you so much but then at some point it's like putting every time I get to adjust you I'm putting clean water in that dirty fish tank but at some point I think you know you're going to need to get out of that fish tank and go to a clean clean tank yeah I didn't even go to clean tank I went to the open sea but you know and and that that was for me change having the courage to change my environment because I loved Melbourne and lived in Melbourne for so long and it's still so bittersweet that I left because I'd been there for like two decades or more and I mean originally from the Gold Coast but you know I loved the arts and everything that Melbourne was about in terms of culture and fashion and the arts and just beauty of architecture and the people and everything and then it's like wow I'm just this like beach girl now which is what I'm trying to get away from when I left the Gold Coast. (laughs) Back at it. (laughs) But yeah, and you know what? As long as people understand that some people say, I can't leave, and that's fine. Like, but remember that if it ever feels right for you, you actually can when it's right for you to find somewhere that might feel better. And it's not about just leaving or running away, it's running toward an opportunity. And I saw an opportunity 
opportunity in terms of um, some work that I could do here with some chiropractic clinics called Health Space. They're an allied healthcare practitioner clinic. They had lots that were thriving in Sydney under lockdown because allied health professionals are still considered an essential service. Mm -hmm. So I sort of did that. But, you know, you don't have to leave Melbourne, but you can just change up your environment. I mean, even just changing your furniture around can be freeing. So true. It's just that change of energy, isn't it? It can be as small as changing your house around or moving across the country or into overseas. It's, and I think, like you said, you know, when it's your time, it just, that alignment just kicks in. And there's a difference between running away and actually running towards an opportunity, isn't there, really? And I guess once yeah. you can connect to that, you know, and it sounds like you're onto amazing things at the moment. You've got a beautiful lifestyle. So go you. <laughs> oh, thank you. But I think it's important for everybody to find that joy and what, where the beauty is in their lives as well. You know, yeah. that gratitude, like attitude of gratitude, keep looking for the small wins every day and just be proud of yourself and everything that you've achieved. I think even just having all of us having survived the last couple of years, that's something to be proud of, I'd say. Yeah, definitely <laughs> in terms of how you can really nurture yourself and, and look after yourself, isn't it really? And and have those tools. So yeah, pretty important. Can I ask what, what led you down this, the wellness path? It's probably a big story. You know, everybody asks me that. And it's so interesting because all I know is that I was vehemently opposed to drugs yeah. when I was a little girl. It didn't make sense to me to sort of change your chemistry with chemicals. And then when I discovered chiropractic, and it wasn't about putting anything in the body nor taking anything out, but allowing your body to function at its optimum just by realigning it, was like when I went, whoa, this profession really makes sense to me because I've always been about a drug-free lifestyle. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, and then that sort of took my health to the next level. But prior to that I had studied like shiatsu massage and then I became a qualified chiropractor's assistant. I ran my own wellness center and then yeah, I, I study infant massage therapy and I'm always like a natural nurturer and healer. And I think that's because I'm a cancerian. So what? cancerians are very sensitive yeah. and nurturing and home loving, all of those beautiful things. So I'm very maternal in my approach to everybody. Like I just want to be a big mum for everyone and make (laughs) them, you know, feel hugged. (laughs) And then I think it's kind of a calling, Holly. Like it just feels like this deep-rooted calling. And I remember when the pandemic happened, I sort of knew that this would happen probably about 16 to 20 years ago when I wrote my first book. And then I was like, wow. Because I'd studied health history and the history of vaccines, actually, and how they came about in World War II. And I was just like, wow, I always knew that something like this would happen, but I never thought that I'd be alive to see it. And I thought my poor son would have to deal with it. Yeah. And then when when it happened, I was like, wow okay, it's happening now and I'm here for it. (laughs) What did you feel when it was all starting to happen? Kind of similar to you, knowing that, you know, knowing that all these things were brewing and and people were maybe wanting to delve a bit deeper into more of a holistic approach, but very similar. Like now that we're kind of in this era, it's almost a bit bit (laughs) surreal, I find. Um, But yeah, yeah, it's it's still quite a bit surreal, isn't it? But it's it's almost not reassuring, but it, it's nice to see that people are starting to open up to different approaches to healing and starting to understand that they have such an innate ability to actually heal themselves on a deep level, which I know that you know very well. So 
it's yeah. I think we're going to see a lot more energy work coming out. Yeah. Um, I, I posted something about a hospital in Mexico where they were performing energy work, which seemed to look like Reiki before they yes. operated on the patient. Yeah. How amazing and, the two modalities working together. Right. So, I mean, in my latest book, Connected, I mm. talk about how there is paradigm shift in how we view health one is the allopathic model the other one is the wellness model one is proactive the other one is reactive in its approach one is mechanistic in its approach the other one is holistic in its approach and it's not like about being one or the other and it's not about being alternative medicine it's about being complementary yes you know i want to remove the divide because we are only human and we do make mistakes and sometimes we do leave things too long and that's when we need modern medicine to help. But I wouldn't use the word save us. We should never rely on modern medicine to save us. Ultimately, it's up to you to do the work and okay. save yourself. And yeah. Whether you use modern medicine or whether you use something more natural, then that's the catalyst. But ultimately, it's you and your body that's doing the healing. And that's where we need to start giving ourselves our power back. Yes, couldn't agree more. And I like that you said complimentary. It'd be really nice to, you know, hopefully in the future see more of that. But understanding the power that we actually have and and knowing that that's within us, that we don't need to actually always ask you sternly. I love what you do with your clients that you're actually giving or empowering them to actually really look within and, and understand themselves on a deep level. I think that's really, really powerful. With the Thomas Edison quote, the doctor of the future will give no medicine, rather educate their patients in the care of the human frame and diet and the cause and prevention of disease. I spoke to a medical doctor that lives in Florida yesterday on an Instagram live and he's got a Hippocrates quote. Hippocrates is the father of medicine. So he's got a Hippocrates quote on his Instagram page and it said that, I can't remember how it began, but it was like the greatest medicine of all is to teach your patients how to not need it. Love that. So that's his whole ethos. So his name is Dr. Stillman in Florida. And yeah, he's a medical doctor, but he is like putting himself out of business because he doesn't want people to have to rely on drugs, but his abundance mentality is that there's always going to be more people who need his services and need him. And so, yeah, he is, he's just overflowing within his practice right now. But you know, that whole, like, and I think it's very Australian, that tall poppy syndrome where we don't have that abundance mentality like America does. Yeah. And we think there's not enough or, and maybe it's because of the population. Like there's just so many more Americans out there. Right. Mm, but mm. we to start having more of an abundance mentality and more of a, like, there's enough yeah. for everyone out there. And yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? There's that kind of lack mindset and where it's come from. I'm really not too sure either, but there is enough to go around. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah. That there's, there's, I guess that just comes back to a blockage or, you know, um, a trauma of some sort or something that we're carrying that we just don't actually believe. And I guess that's another topic altogether, like our belief systems and and actually what we what buy into with our beliefs and what we're actually truly capable of, you know, i.e. healing ourselves. Yeah, I love that you say that because I felt like this last two years, it's all about healing generational trauma if we want to really move forward yeah. with this survivalist, you know. So there's a lot of generational trauma that needs to be undone if we want to move forward and carry the next generation through with such wellness to be able to survive in this world with so many other things that we've got going on, including, you know, they call it global warming or climate change, whatever you want to call it. Basically the world just needs to be more in touch with us and we need to be more in touch with it. I mean, our indigenous and first people have been trying to tell us that for how long, you know, and that 
respect our mother earth (laughs) so hopefully now start to listen yeah yeah you know what holly i think i would love to be able to stay connected pardon the pun with everybody uh, on my instagram page andi.lew yeah or if they would love to read my book so that we can have better quality conversations after that the best thing about writing is that once the reader has read the book they always come to me with like questions or what they thought and that's just amazing when i get to hear you know, what they got from it. It's just incredible because my books are so thought provoking. I don't really give advice. I rather explain how the body works and, you know, and then you kind of join the dots for yourself. I think that's amazing. What do you love most about what you do with your clients? Teaching them how to not need me, kind of like this medical doctor in Florida, you know, and, and that's it. It's like just empowering that person to take control of their own health and life and live their divine purpose. Yes. Yeah. Actually, that was another question I wanted to ask you a little bit about purpose and how important you think that is for people to have purpose. It's everything. Because if you're in a job that you don't love, how can you thrive, you know? Yeah. Um, And somewhere, this is where the healing of the generational trauma comes along. This is what I do with wellness coaching, but somewhere along the line, someone said to us, you can't do that. Well, that's not the right job for you or get a real job. Yeah. And we we have to remember that people buy services and products from us when we're passionate, when we're doing it from our own calling, yeah. you know, so it's not a you can learn or it's not a course you can do, but when you're actually sitting in your own calling and you're speaking with such certainty and with such passion and when, and when love hits, yeah. that's when people not only want to buy from you or learn from you, but this makes sense now because you're doing what your divine calling has sent you to do. Just like when you hear a singer that is, truly gifted and you can see that that's their divine calling and the song is coming out of their mouth but out of every pore in their skin and it touches you like that that's the same thing that when you choose with courage what it is that you want to do that's when you're really serving when you're really living and when you're really being well and you can actually do it you just need to find ways of how to turn that into a business and that's possible I love that and that's really inspiring yeah I mean I just want people you only get one life so why aren't you doing what makes you happy you know you just have to <laughs> no, it's very true and it's I guess it comes back to like you said where where along the line have we been disconnected from our passion and our joy and and you know not believing that we can actually turn it into a business and it's it's kind of that simple isn't it but it's just delayering ourselves so we actually have that self-belief that we can actually make a difference in our own way and live abundantly and and on purpose so I love those words Andy as long as you're not attached to the form with which you think the abundance should be in oh that's you know you need to lose attachment yes that's so lose attachment to how you're going to receive oh because the the receiving can come in such crazy ways sometimes like sometimes like wow where did that just came completely left to feel but it's really it's, it's really about just letting your mind be really open isn't it and just I guess being open to receiving in from any direction. Yeah, and receiving the gifts in whichever form they show up in. Yes, yeah. Well, it could be a, it could be a lesson that's worth $50,000 that you could have never learned in a self-help course or a university program, you yeah. know, and then it's what you do with that lesson that makes the difference. I love that. Yeah, that's, yeah. Really, that's a great way to look at life, isn't it, really? At the moment, so you've got your book out, Connected, which sounds amazing. I, I love the sound of that and, and what kind of, you know, what you're putting in there to really help people connect to themselves. Um, what else is going on for you at the moment that you'd like to share with us? 
Um, you know, all morning I've actually been inquiring about furthering my studies. Right now we've got the lunar eclipse happening, I think, tomorrow night and it's in Taurus and it's all about helping us to really go towards our true north. Yeah. And this has been coming up a lot for me this year. Where's my true north? What is it that I'm going to be really doing yeah. and serving? And I actually think there's a couple of things that I want to study. So at the moment, it's possibly what well, it was an obvious one to, to kind of go into dietetic medicine and actually become a nutritionist, even though yep. I didn't want to be prescriptive in my training, because I love people to figure it out for themselves and to actually be dynamic instead yep. of, you know, because life is so flowing and changing and everything. You can't just have a, a certain diet. What worked for you today won't work for you tomorrow and won't work for yep. you next year. You've got to constantly be connected to your lifestyle and what you know, so intuitive eating is huge, but yeah. you know, I think dietetic medicine is so powerful. So I'm certainly interested in that because I've got some credits to go towards that. But it was so weird. I was just sitting in my divine purpose. Yeah. Oh, and that's what I wanted to tell you. And now it's come back to me at the right time. Perfect. As long as your purpose, because we were talking about doing something that's your calling, as yeah. long as you recognize that that is for a reason that is greater than you. Life is not about you or us. It's about how we can serve others as a collective because we are all connected. I love and that, that yeah. we will always win because yeah. when things get tough, this is called your why. When things get tough and they will get tough. Yeah. If you're sitting in your calling and it's what you love and you're passionate about and you remember your why and that it's for the higher, greater good, then you yeah. will never give up. And you will always enjoy the journey. Yeah. yeah. On that note, what I realized I wanted to study was counseling. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So sitting there in my calling. And then I got this text message or a DM rather from an Instagram follower that just yeah. started following me. Yeah. And she said, Oh, I want to do one of your cooking classes or whatever. And then she said that she's just started studying counseling. And I was like, What? That's something I was just looking at doing. And now we've just connected. And she was just like, how cool is it that we just attracted each other into each other's lives? I love and it. Now I'm probably going to do the same. Yeah. yeah. You'd be great at that and very complimentary to, to what you're doing already to have that those skills. I mean, you already have them, but isn't that lovely that you got that connection from the universe saying, you know, that maybe that is your next step. And, and I, I love how you said that just, you know, flowing with life because it, we are constantly growing and evolving and changing, aren't we? And it's actually a beautiful thing. And I guess it goes back to stepping out of your comfort zone and, you know, really looking at your fears and what's holding you back from actually continuing to evolve and grow. It's such a beautiful process and the people you meet and the opportunities that come your way. And it's, it's a beautiful way to be. And as you said, taking it back to, you know, how you can serve others. And I feel like life's constantly, I, I, like, I don't know what you think, but I see, you know, the lessons that I go through or whatever you want to call them. I always find that I eventually end up helping somebody else through that lesson or, or it's all synchronistic and it just makes life yeah magical and beautiful when you start to connect the dots and you realize it's actually not about me there's always something deeper and I think it's it's almost you know detaching a little bit from yourself isn't it the knowing that you know collectively we're all helping each other and I get that with clients too they teach me so much as well it's such a beautiful exchange it's definitely an energy exchange because all the time yeah. I've given a massage I feel like I've actually received the massage too because there's that yes. energy exchange but it's, it's realizing that we are all connected we are all the yeah. same thing Yes. We like I, you, you are me because we're reflections of each other. We're mere mirrors of each other. Yeah. So when we realize that, I think it all starts to make sense. And then that's where we can get 
and sit into that heart of love, you know, where we have such deep love for others because we're loving ourselves and because we're loving ourselves, we're loving others because we realise we're all the same thing. We're just mirrors and we all yeah. want the same thing. It's our birthright to love and feel loved. That's all we really want. Yeah. And, I mean, I always say the only thing that's real, like time is all we have and love is all that's real and everything else is just an illusion. I love that. So it's completely cutting through all the crap now and just pretty much all about love at the end of the day, isn't it? It's really coming pretty back much. to place. Pretty much. Yeah. Love and health, you know. And But then this is why I wrote the book because what is your definition of health, you know? And yeah. it's not merely the absence of symptoms or disease. That's actually the World Health Organization's definition of health because you don't have disease or infirmity does not mean that you are necessarily well. It's about optimal function on every single level, which was why it's so interesting during the pandemic that if they acknowledge that social well-being is so imperative, but I guess they thought they were ticking that box with just getting us to do Zooms and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we kind of didn't really talk a whole lot about being outside in nature and eating well and tools that kind of would have been nice to keep you healthy on, you know, different levels. But but I want to acknowledge about like feeling that fear and just doing and diving right in and, and yes. grow, growing and everything because the thing is what you resist persists and what you fear you attract. So you may as well just feel scared and do it anyway because you, it's just going to keep coming up. Nothing goes away until it teaches you what you need to know. You're going to have to just eventually surrender to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's eventually it just gets so big that you you just have to face it. And I feel like the universe just keeps throwing it at you until you actually do face it. And it, it kind of, I shouldn't say gets harder, but it gets more obvious what you actually kind of should be facing, I, I feel. <laughs> but it's that's what yeah. a great choice. I mean, I've been saying that a lot in the last couple of years. It's getting obvious. <laughs> <laughs> It definitely does in, in in every facet, every trauma, every fear, every emotion that you haven't processed, you know, and, and health issue. It just, and that's the thing, I guess, you know, with the physical health, if you're not looking at that underlying root cause, which you spoke about in the beginning, it manifests in different forms, doesn't it? And it kind of makes us more unwell. So yeah, look, I mean, my son, he he created a poster and it was and at the very beginning it said mandate healthy living, you know, and it's <laughs> It's interesting, you know, from a nine-year-old's perspective at the time, you know, that that's all he wanted. He wanted to ban junk food outlets and, you know, it still blew my mind that, you know, bottle shops were, um, alcohol was an essential service and things like that. Mm. Um, but, you know, that pure mindset of what is so obvious, it's getting obvious, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just simplify it. And But what's happened is, and I'll just take you back to what we spoke about with generational trauma. I think that it's so important to, to recognise that unless we actually heal the generational trauma, we will be that damsel in distress or that victim mode and yeah. we'll just be like, save me, you yeah. know, what do I need to do? What do I need to take? What do I just tell me what to do? Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's like, no, you know the answer. Yeah. If you'll still, if you'll listen and if you actually have the courage to heal the generational tra trauma and start a new pattern of thinking and being and living because is it really genetic or mm. is it just doing the same thing that your mother did, that your father, her father did that, you know, and eating the same food and having the same lifestyle? 
you can actually, there's things called epigenetics, which I talk about in my book as well, from the works of Dr. Bruce Lipton, who's a PhD scientist, who found that changing signal from brain to body can actually change our DNA uh, expression. Yes. So it won't it won't change our structure necessarily and our but the way it functions and the way it expresses itself yeah so it's so important to remember you don't have to be a victim of your past yeah you can change it right now 100%. right now with the thoughts yep. with the food with even with chiropractic care that's why he went on to lecture at the new zealand college of chiropractic because he had found in his scientific studies that changing that signal from brain to body changes the way the genes express themselves because you're literally changing the way the cells are being created yeah, yeah through removing distortion of that signal from brain to body that's really powerful. So knowing it's so powerful. Knowing yeah. this is so powerful. I just want more people to know how much power and control they actually do have to change things up. hundred percent. And I guess, like you said, it's really about, you know, being conscious of if you're in that victim mentality or wanting a savior and knowing that that savior is within you, but knowing that there are different ways. And I mean, I'm hoping, I think it's more kind of common at schools these days too, isn't it? For kids to do more kind of wellness activities and meditation and mindfulness and things, which is really great to see that it's starting early that we're actually, you know, getting kids to connect to themselves because I know when I was, nothing like that and it's really nice to see that that's actually happening now yeah I was gonna say is it good or is it kind of bittersweet because it's like it's negating the effects perhaps of the sedentary you know tech world that they've been forced to live in as well (laughs) that's that's a big thing too isn't it everything's on kind of um ipads and stuff too at least it's better than nothing and my son's running for school captain at the moment here at bondi beach public school he's got plans (laughs) (laughs) you just get the votes for First and then you reveal the plans. Like, oh, you'd be great. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he will be great. And it's cute because it'll be, you know, school captain in grade six one minute and world leader the next. <laughs> <laughs> He's got desires for that. He, he said to me when we got to Sydney, we were driving to um, Maroubra for the yeah. first time. He wanted to see the Rubik's Cube on the beach there. And he goes, Mum, I just thought of the speech that I'm going to give when I'm world leader one day. And he didn't say like president or prime minister or anything. He was like, okay. I was like, shit, I better maybe record this or at least listen to it. So I pulled over and he can't remember the exact words, but I'll never forget them. He said, and so here I am standing before you today. This is, this is our future. These children, they know they've got a big load to carry. Yeah. Here I'm standing before you 20 years later, as I witnessed the pandemic as a 10 year old, and now I'm your world leader. And he says, and I'm calling it this because we are no longer a government because government means to govern, which actually means to control. And I don't want to control you anymore. He goes, I'm going to empower you to figure it out for yourselves. He sounds like an amazing world leader to me. I was just like, wow. And, you know, I'm starting to, I'm filled with hope, if I may end on this. There is a guy called Tom, I think his name, Tom Barrett on Instagram, and he's running for the Byron Shire Council Mayor, and he just gave a recent speech because he's a brilliant educator on health and how our bodies heal. And and he's got a beard and a bald head and he's just a divine human and storyteller and educator, and he's got many, like, scientific degrees. He's always been in health education, but he was, like, amongst this huge sea of people just cheering. He was like, wow, what an introduction. And then he said... You know, does anybody ever really desire to get into politics? Like, probably not. Like, I never really want to do this. He said, it's not something I wanted to do. 
But this is what resonated with me, which was very similar to what my son said. He said, I won't make decisions for you. I merely want to be your voice and listen to what you want for our Shire. So, wow. That's how it should be, shouldn't it? And and like you said, it's actually it's about the next generation to a lot of this, isn't it? What's happening? It's that's the bigger picture to me. The next generation, these kids who are born into you know like your son, they've got a really big, beautiful role to play, haven't they? In this, I think. Well, you could have seen that playing auntie to your divine uh, nieces. The two of them, are yes, so <laughs> smart. Yeah. So, what kind of stories do they tell you? What What do you? Hear? You know, I always remember Marley. Um, I was living on the island for the first round of COVID, and it was you know pretty intense down there. And she kept saying, That's "Right, it's just a game. It's all just a game, and just that that really light hearted. It was almost like you know, kids just know they're so intuitive. They, I, I wish adults were still like that. You know, we kind of we we lose our sense of play and love, and you know, our intuition gets a bit blocked with you know, I guess our emotions and traumas and things and I love how kids just cut through it and they can just they just know don't they I think you know I find kids just amazing I know Marley and I love this about her because (laughs) it really it is just a game and as you say just cut through it and just call it for what it is because as I said to you all is an illusion right this is just the game or the show of it it's all a bit exciting for her neotenous play that beautiful like yeah childlike about it and it's so refreshing and, and easy you know and sometimes I called it a game I called it a test not a game I remember when mm. I first realized what I got diagnosed with PTSD about three years ago yeah but at the time I feel like it all started happening I was literally on my knees but only when you hit rock bottom yeah the answer really come because you can't go any further than down yes. so that's started looking up I was on the floor on my friend's like apartment she was from Germany and she was just holding me as I was kind of in fetal position. She didn't know what to do. And then I went, oh, my gosh. I looked up. For some reason my head just went up. Remember I was talking to you about fight or flight posture and yeah. I changed my physiology and I was doing it unconsciously but I was changing my physiology and when you change your physiology, you change your chemical, uh, you know, what's going on for you chemically and it changes your emotional status. Yeah. So I realised, oh, this is all a test through this. Mm. I can have whatever it is I want. And I wasn't saying that in an ego sense at all. What what my heart truly desires. Yeah, yeah. But it's a test. And so here's Marley saying, it's just a game. Let's just play a game. Game of life. (laughs) And it's so true because we can take it really seriously and, and things, but I love how you said that. It's just what we're going through is just kind of like that alchemy process of actually getting to where we want to be and for our own purpose. But just trusting the process too is really important. I've found over the last few years, it's really hit me like a ton of bricks. Like just trust the process, Holly. Just go where you're guided. And whatever happens, if shit hits the fan, it's okay. What's your lesson? Keep moving and trusting. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, but I wasn't taught that. It was more plan this and do this, more of a linear way of looking at life. But Completely didn't work for me that way of living. <laughs> so I think it, I'm such a lover of language and NLP, neurolinguistic programming. Oh, that's great. If we remove, if we remove the word trust and replace it with perhaps faith, and that's what we all need right now. It's just a little bit more faith. But I think, yeah, when you said the word alchemy, it just brought up one of my favorite books ever, The Alchemist. I love that. You book. Know, 
Yeah. Yeah. And the message of that is that you're going to be on a journey. You'll probably land up exactly where you are right now, but the whole journey of what you needed to learn to get back to that starting point was your end point. So that kind of just says to me the magic of being present, enjoying exactly where you are right now. <laughs> Even if you don't really know where you're going and what's happening sometimes, it's just, yeah, having that faith that you're on the right path. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I have loved this chat so much with you. Thanks. I don't know why we've never chatted like this before. I feel like our souls knew that they wanted to, but yeah. probably weren't ready. You're really inspiring and I love the messages that you deliver to people. I think it's really, really cool and really, really needed. So thanks for your time. Any final words of wisdom that you'd like to impart? You've already, you know, provided us with so much, but anything else you'd like to mention? Oh, look, I just think everything that's going on right now is your moment. It's your life right now. Like, so, you know, that old adage of like what was happening in the past, it's gone. Forget about the future. It's not there yet. Just be so in love with the right now and just give everyone a big virtual hug. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's one thing I really missed the last two years. Now, like when I get a hug, it's just the most divine thing ever. Oh, going to be more festivals and maybe even orgies and crazy things going on because everybody's like so deprived. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) After everything, like, I mean, not that I've ever witnessed one or, or anything, but what I'm saying is, you know, history shows that after things like this, people just get out there and they just really, that whole thing of like what you resist persists. Yeah. You, know? you told us to be away and now we're just going to go all for it. <laughs> <laughs> Look out, world. Exactly. It could get interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Let's just watch this space and then maybe we'll have a laugh about it one day. <laughs> <laughs> See what pans out. Yeah. Yeah. thanks it's been so good to chat to you and thanks for all of the amazing inspiration and um we'll put some links to your website and your books and all the amazing things you're doing so thank you andy thank you, thank you so much